Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a nice chilly Friday morning in Northeast Texas in Queen City, Texas, out here in the studio. We're teaching the book of Jude every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and then later uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I encourage you to go there and uh, check out all that we have there. We also uh, use a Spreaker app uh, that all my sermons, no matter if I'm here or I'm traveling where I'm at, doesn't matter. I upload every single thing uh, that I teach, that I preach, that I share uh, on that Spreaker app. And there's 330, 350 messages on there. Lots of those are 20-minute radio broadcasts. But everything I do, such as right now, uh, is being recorded and it will be uploaded to that Spreaker app as well as our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. So help us get the word out. Help us uh, to publish God's word by doing more than tuning in and listening. Hit the share button. Let people know you're a gospel believer, that you are helping to share the gospel simply by hitting the share button so that your family, your friends, your co-workers can see that your faith is in the gospel and that you are helping publish the word of God. And uh, again, we just had a, a superb camp meeting this year here, the determined camp meeting, the, the all-in 2019 camp meeting was just something to never be forgotten and I believe the Lord said and did many things this year and uh, that will be everlasting uh, and people I got to meet new people who are in this like precious faith and the Lord is just guiding us to, into even more truth as the days go on and I'm excited about that and uh, there is a remnant I was thinking about Amen. that last night that even when Jesus comes back to save his own Jewish people, that only one-third of those people will be saved. And sometimes I wonder uh, in these last days when uh, I hear uh, of almost uh, the, the majority of Christians not wanting to hear the message of the cross any longer, rejecting it for the way of daily salvation. I'm, I'm just, I just have something in my mind there about a remnant because uh, the, the book of Revelation is full of warnings to the church for those to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying uh, today. And I, and I just have an awful feeling that as Israel goes as a, a, a sort of a type uh, for the church, because everything you read about Israel in the Old Covenant seems like the church is, it, it seems to be going through a lot of the same things. And I I'd hate to think that only a third of those who've confessed are going to end up believing in the end. So the book of Jude is very relevant. It is a wake-up call. It is a make sure you're in the faith call. It is a wake up and look around. Is he preaching? Are you sitting under the, uh, the minister of the gospel? Not can he preach the gospel? Is he preaching the gospel? Mm -hmm. Or are we just in a place mm -hmm. where we feel good and we're comfortable and our family's yeah. been in that church for many, many years? Or am I being convicted by the truth? Am I being offered uh, the truth of God, which is God's word in the context of Christ, who is the truth and what he did at Calvary, mm -hmm. to become my truth and not just mm -hmm. wants to get me in? But the Bible says we go from faith 
to faith. Hallelujah. It's not just getting in. It's it's moving forward, running the race, fighting the good fight of faith while we are in, enduring to the end so that as the, 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 the letter to the churches in Revelation, a couple of them say, so that our names won't be blotted out. Because we must endure to the end. We must overcome. And what does that mean? We must keep our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary in that alone. Amen. Well, Amen. praise the Lord again. Uh, all the messages have been uploaded from Determined Camp Meeting 2019 to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can go there. And you can avail yourself to those. I say all of them, all of them, but maybe a couple, two or three. Uh, we, we had some uh, working on the CDs and the DVDs right now. So pray for me. There's, there's, a, there's two or three that have to be edited. Nothing was said that was wrong. Not that kind of editing. But uh, some went so long, they have to be cut because I can't get all of that on a CD. So just pray for me, and uh, we'll have those out probably here within a couple of weeks, and, and uh, we'll get them to you, those that ordered them. And if you didn't order any and you want to order uh, the 13 CDs or 13 DVDs of the camp meeting, uh, we'll send them to you for $50. $50 for 13 CDs or $50 for 13 DVDs. We'll mail them to you. Just uh, uh, send, uh, send your money uh, to the website. Uh, to, uh, you can give online at thecrosswaychurch.com. Tell us what it's for. We'll ship them right out to you, and uh, you'll be blessed. Believe me, you will be blessed. Okay, today we're in the book of Jude. This is session 14 here on the first day of November 2019. We are in uh, the 14th verse, and uh, this is really, let me say it again, uh, this is a very relevant, uh, matter of fact, it's more relevant today than it is ever before. But it's always been relevant, as we will see this morning. As we look in verse 14, we ended here, so we'll take off here. Uh, and verse 14 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, these Jude is writing about, these ungodly turning that which God offers into something other, these who uh, just are, you know, it's not those out there that just don't want to have anything to do with God. It's those that creep in among us. We need to, we need to pay attention. Uh, most, and listen, a lot of folk ain't going to like this statement, but most of what we're sitting under in the church today is someone who doesn't, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's ignorance or they've heard it and they, they're just not going the way of the cross direction. They're not going to start preaching God's word in the context of Christ and him crucified every time they get in the pulpit. They're just not going to apply the blood to the word. When they're just not going to do it. And these are ministries that, uh, Jude said, they're, they're clouds without rain. That God can't move through that. You need to hear that. A lot of preachers won't like that. It's because they got the spirit of Balaam on them. Remember Balaam. Now, Balaam knew that God wouldn't curse his people, so Balaam presented something to Balak. Uh, that Balak could do and cause God to bring judgment against his people and to oppose his people. And that's what we do when we get in the pulpit and we share the word of God without 
applying the blood to it. You can't find somebody that's hurting and somebody that needs help and just give them a Bible verse. I got news for you. That's what's held the church captive, paralyzed, and devastated for centuries. We've got to share the scripture with them and how that scripture relates to what Jesus, who he is, and what he did at Calvary for them. Without that application, my friend, we're holding God's truth in an unrighteous context, and all he can do, Romans 1.18, is oppose us. Amen. Somebody needs to say amen. All he can do is oppose us. And when we don't preach the word, teach the word, just because we get up and declare a Bible story, if we don't point people to Calvary, and let me say something, preachers. Once you just start assuming that that's where everybody's faith is, that's what got us here where we are now. That's right. That's what got us off track. That's yeah. what's got us devastated, mm-hmm. paralyzed, and held captive for centuries. But God has been faithful to open up the eyes to let us see that not only are we justified by faith, but that we live by faith, from faith to faith, but only Romans 1, 16 and 17, only as the righteousness of God is being revealed where? In the gospel. So the gospel's got to be attached to your sermon. I know a lot of preachers say, I'm just not going that way. I just don't believe that. That's your prerogative. Right. But I know where the power of God is. That's right. Amen. The Bible says it's in the preaching of the cross. Hallelujah. So when uh, Jude writes, see the... the And Enoch also, watch this, the seventh from Adam. Why does the Holy Spirit have to tell us that Enoch was the seventh from Adam? What's important about that? What's significant about that is, even way back yonder, like we say in Texas, Mm -hmm. these folk were there. Mm -hmm. These folk have always been there. And it's not folk who are on the outside throwing things at the building, it's folks that have come through the door. Yeah. They've come in and they've yeah. crept in among us. They, yeah. they say what we say to get the hearts of the people, but they don't mean what we mean. Mm-hmm. And once they have your heart, then they've got you. That's why folk can't get out of the church they're in yeah. because they value more of a relationship with their preacher or the people than they do the truth that God is revealing yeah. to them today. Let me ask you this before we dig in. Jesus said when the uh, spirit of truth come, comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. Yeah. That's the only way to go from faith to faith. Mm-hmm. He's going to guide you into all truth. What truth is he guiding you into today? What truth is he... Where in God's word are you learning about Jesus and what he did at Calvary? Because if you're learning something in God's word that doesn't point you to Jesus, it's out of context. The whole Bible has got to point you to Jesus and what he did at Calvary, even when we're teaching on the gifts or deacons or elders or whatever, because if I try to just get up and teach on those administrative offices, those gifts that the Lord has given the church without preaching the blood, you're going to have just a big competitive spirit, people knocking each other out over the carpet. Uh, If you're not preaching the blood, the people aren't going to learn how to act. Mm -hmm. Right. Because only through faith in the blood can the power of God be upon us. Amen. That's right. Amen. So that's the significance of, of Jude mentioning Enoch Because watch what he says in verse 14 of Jude. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these. These I'm writing about. These I'm warning you about. These that have already crept in among you. Mm -hmm. 
And let me say it again this week, that it's not now that they're just creeping in among us. It's that they're running the entire seminaries. Yeah. Uh -huh. they, 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 they have entire denominations. Mm -hmm. They crept in long yeah. ago, and yeah. now they right. are what's right. normal yeah. in man's eyes. Not God's eyes. Right. And when preachers come along preaching the truth, kind of like Elijah, we're considered the enemy. Yeah. Remember what Paul said, am I your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Mm -hmm. Because you're being convicted and saying I'm condemning you when mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's actually convicting you. Right, right. Amen. So Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints mm -hmm. to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. Notice it's just ungodly. Look at how many times he uses the word ungodly in this one verse. And, uh, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Mm -hmm. And what I like about this particular verse is this. That when Jesus comes back, we're going to be all the believers, all those who have believed and endured to the end in this faith, those who uh, uh, cross that finish line, trusting in Christ as the Lamb of God. Uh, when we come back with him, there's not going to be a struggle for people, these ungodly people. He's going to convince them they're ungodly, that their acts have been ungodly, that all their speeches have been yeah. ungodly. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be trying to talk their way out of it because right. the Bible says he's going to convince them they're ungodly. Yeah. Their acts, their words, it's yeah. all ungodly. And not only that, mm -hmm. it's not just that they, they've been uh, uh, ungodly amongst each other, but it's all been against the Lord. When we sin, it's always against the Lord. We sin against people, but every sin is against the Lord. Now, let's look back in Genesis chapter 5, verses 19 through 24, where the, the writer Jude is referring to. Back in Genesis chapter 5, verse 19, the Bible says, And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. What? People used to live a long time, didn't they? Mm -hmm. yeah. My goodness, I don't think they want to in today's world. Oh, no. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. Mm -hmm. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years mm -hmm. and begat sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. Even in his last 300 years, he was still reproducing. In verse 23 of Genesis 5, And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now verse 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but, but, you know, Jude writes something here about Enoch uh, that's really not in the Scriptures about him prophesying. Uh, and, you know, there, there, apparently Enoch has writings that, uh, according to the Holy Spirit, didn't make the canonized scriptures being mm -hmm. compiled together. Uh -huh. But Jude mentions mm -hmm. Enoch and what he declared that he prophesied. Mm -hmm. and, and it's pretty powerful. And now a few statements about Enoch. Enoch lived only 365 years while his peers lived over 700 years. 
And yet God, God cut his life short. But watch, God is the one who takes those who walk with him. And I thought about these these thoughts yesterday I'll share with you. You know, we say a car wreck took her or, a, or cancer took him. No, when a Christian goes, God right. takes us. Hallelujah. Yes. I mean, cancer ain't taking nobody. A car wreck ain't taking nobody. When it's time to go, the Lord's going to take us who are walking with him. And uh, But I know it's a little different with Enoch. It doesn't, Enoch didn't die in a car wreck or some disease. He just actually, God came and took him. He, and you know, the Bible says he, just that he, he was not. Uh -huh. look, look at verse 24 again in Genesis 5. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. That means he, he was here one moment, and the next moment he wasn't. And, uh, you know, a lot of Bible scholars believe that is a reference to uh, just uh, the saints being snatched out of here in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, just walking, those who are alive and remain, just going to be snatched out of here. One moment we'll be here, and the next moment we'll be gone. Those who are walking with the Lord, those who trusted in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And way back when Enoch lived, there were prophecies going out concerning thee. See, that's the significance of him bringing Enoch into this scripture in Jude. Because this has been going on forever. This is not something new. This is not shocking to God, and it shouldn't be shocking to us. And because we've had the book of Jude for so long, we, we, you know, we, we think that, uh, uh, I don't know what we think, but Here's what we think. We, we, when we read Jude, we think that's talking about, must be talking about everybody but us. Because our church is, boy, we're rocking along. We're in line. Is he preaching the cross? Mm -hmm. Is he pointing you to the cross to be born again yeah. and to find the, the salvation yeah. daily, the sanctification, mm -hmm. and all the provision that's of right. God's grace? If he's not pointing you to the cross, that's somebody's right. done crept in among you. Yeah. And the book of Jude is your wake-up call. Yeah. Yeah. I want to... That's just a, let's make sure we understand that, that the closer one is with the Lord, the more they're going to be warning against these. Mm -hmm. That's right. Listen, let me say that again. The closer one is in their walk with the Lord, the more they're going to be warning against these. Uh -huh. You have to understand that. Yeah. Folk who aren't warning against false doctrine, against mm -hmm. these creep, folks who aren't warning against mm -hmm. that which is false are not near as close to the Lord as they think they are. Mm -hmm. Because close to the Lord means close to his heart, and the Lord himself rebuked that which was false. Matter of fact, Jesus said, listen, fellas, don't be like them. Pointing them out. Mm -hmm. the don't be like them. Man, you do that today, and you, that's it for you. <laughs> You just went from 300 down to 5 every Sunday. I mean, don't point at anybody that's, that's wrong. I mean, but listen, let me think. those who are closest to the Lord, and Enoch was so close that the Lord just took him. Walked with the Lord. Anybody walking with the Lord, I didn't say going to church, reading the Bible every day, having prayer. Those who are actually walking with the Lord, and just because I'm going to church don't mean I am. Just because I'm reading the Bible don't mean I am. Just because I got a prayer life don't mean I am. Those are things I'm doing. My walk with the Lord is based on my faith in what he did for yes. me at Calvary. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's true. And those who are walking with the Lord are, are declaring the truth and also warning against those things that are not right because that's, that's the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Look, he wrote about Enoch. Jude is revealing men in his day 
who are ungodly. And we've already been through the description of these men. But he even now goes back and says, look, it's been going on all the way back. Actually, before Enoch, because it started when Cain said, I don't want no part of that. So, be careful when someone is warning against that which is false that the other option they are giving you is right. Do you understand what I just said? Be careful when somebody says, now, this is very wrong. You know, and I'll give you an example. For years, the tradition of the church was that we go out and we bring suffering to ourselves because we know we're not worthy, and we, we whip ourselves, we sleep on a wooden floor. We, 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 it's called asceticism. We, we put ourselves through suffering because we're not worthy, and, 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 and we're trying to glorify God. And we know now, listen, listen what happens here now in, in this teaching. That this is where we have to not be robots anymore, and we have to always be sober and pay attention. Uh, and you know these this asceticism, it's wrong. That's why, watch this, that's why the Apostle Paul, and here's what happens, it automatically, the people of God think because something that was presented that's wrong, and, and we agree that's wrong, that automatically now our minds tell us that whatever is presented now is going to be right. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. See, the devil, that's what the devil has done for, for centuries in the church. He, he, he will let the, the preacher present something that is false, but when the preacher says, but now we know, or but now we know that Paul, and, but see, automatically we go, okay, that's wrong. Now tell me what's right. This is what's right. And a lot of times I'm reading a book right now at home, a great commentary, but the guy doesn't know the, really the, the way of sanctification. None of the none of the writers, I say none, I mean they're hard to find. Any writer from the old days that knows anything about sanctification, meaning faith in the cross alone. I'm not saying they don't exist, but it's hard to find. And in this book, I'm reading along, and this very thing happens, and the Lord quickens me and says, This is a part of the issue. This is a part of the issue. He presents that which is wrong. And then automatically, my mind goes in now, okay, tell me what's right. So I just accept whatever's next is right. And what he presents in this book, contrary to what's wrong, is also wrong. So you've got to be careful of that. See, the devil's smart and he's good at what he does. It's so bad. Just because somebody, somebody needs to hear this today. This is a wake-up call. This is called discernment. That I don't, listen, I agree that's wrong. But just because that's wrong don't mean what I'm presenting now is the answer is right. Mm -hmm. You understand? We're, yeah. we're programmed like that. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody tells you, my Lord, don't you know this is wrong? And it's obvious. And you see, you see, that is wrong. Now, this is why it's wrong. And then, boy, our minds, you, okay, now, oh, good. Now, I'm going to see what's right. And you still don't see what's right because he don't know himself. Yeah. Just because you're coming against false doctrine... The devil knows if you do that over here doesn't mean you're not still presenting that which is correct. Mm -hmm. right. Sound doctrine 
Listen carefully today. Sound doctrine is the only doctrine that can cause your mind to be sound mm -hmm. and sober. Sound doctrine has to always be tied with that form of doctrine that made you free from sin and a servant of righteousness. If that's not sound doctrine, if it's not tied to Christ and his work at Calvary, it's not sound, it's not stable, and the power of God cannot flow through it to keep you sound and stable. Right. And somebody said, right. Amen, Brother Curtis. Right. That's right. Sound doctrine is that which keeps you sound in the faith, that which mm. keeps you yeah. sober-minded. Right. Hallelujah. Right. And that must be always speaking of that form of doctrine that made you free from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. So, mm -hmm. I needed to share that today. Just because somebody's presenting something that is obviously false doesn't mean that the but now we know uh -huh. in whatever he presents is going to be right. Don't be caught up in that. Uh -huh. What's right? God tells us what's right mm -hmm. in Psalm 33, 4. Mm -hmm. For the word of the Lord is right. Mm -hmm. Listen to the end of the verse, Psalms 33, 4. And all his works are done in truth. Mm -hmm. That means when the word of the Lord is presented as truth, God works in that truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And truth, Proverbs 12, 17, mm -hmm. shows forth God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Proverbs 12, 17, write it down, take a note. You're going to need this. Mm -hmm. He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. But a false witness, deceit. Mm -hmm. right. A false witness, mm -hmm. Is using God's word. I'm talking about these that creep in among us. These that Jude wrote about. They creep in among us. They've got Bibles. They're declaring the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is truth. But if we hold God's truth in an unrighteous manner, the righteousness of God cannot be shown. And if we can't see the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel, listen, we can't go from faith to faith, Romans 1, 16, 17. I'm not just throwing a bunch of scriptures together. You go check it out and watch what the Holy Spirit will do in your life when you subject yourself to the truth of Christ and what he did for you at Calvary. Everybody all right this morning? Amen. See, that, that, this is what we need. We need to be sober-minded. We need to be aware. We need to be uh, discerning that just because I'm being told this is wrong don't mean now whatever I'm being told yeah. is right. Right. That's right. But we automatically are caught in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one plus one, one, one plus one, folks, is not three. One plus one is four. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's still wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. But see, once you, once you go from here to there, our minds move now to an automatic, I'm about to receive that uh -huh. which is right. This is very important. Yeah. That's why the Lord's got me sticking with it. It's very important. The devil's done it for centuries to the yeah. church. Yeah. Devil, the devil don't yeah. care if, if the preacher tells you this is wrong about these, these certain religious cults or, or things that have crept in among the church. Mm -hmm. Just as long as you don't turn and present that which crushed his head, mm -hmm. that which will allow God's people to resist the enemy, that which will allow God to work in their lives. Remember, if we're not presenting the truth in its righteous context, God can't lead us. We go, we go, if you missed the message Wednesday night, you need to go listen to it. Christian transition only happens from faith to faith. But the Bible's clear. We only go from faith to faith 
as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. And those folks who fight against this are fighting against God Himself. Well, I've not heard them preaching this, and, and I've not heard that. It, it's in your Bible. Mm -hmm. It's in your Bible. The way we go from faith to faith is as God reveals His righteousness in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Romans 1, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. I'm just thankful God's opening the door. Listen, Jesus said, I'm going to say it again, when the Spirit of truth comes, He's going to guide you into all truth. Mm -hmm. What yeah. truth is he guiding you into? It's always got to be attached to Jesus because right. he is the truth. Yes, amen. And what he did at Calvary, because that's the amen. only thing, the blood that he shed, his life he laid down, is the only thing that brought us in, keeps us in, and gives us power while we're in mm -hmm. to get to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Amen, Brother right. Curtis. Amen. So, now, again, let's get back to the thought now that we had earlier, that those who are close and walking with the Lord are also warning. They're warning. You can't just sit there being close to the Lord and when you hear false doctrine, not say anything about it. That's why I teach our folks here at Crossway Church and whoever follows us, we don't, we're not obnoxious, we're not rude and belligerent. We just simply say, well, the Bible says... Just simple. Well, the Bible says, we, but we can't sit there and listen to false doctrine mm -hmm. and not say anything. Right. The closer you are to the yeah. Lord, the more discernment you're going to have, the more awareness, the more boldness, which means confidence, not some obnoxious thing. Boldness means confidence, and the more confident you are in Him, the more you are going to understand He wants you to speak. He wants you to share the truth. That's why when people ask me, what about this preacher, what about that preacher, I, you know, I say, well, uh, are, they, are they pointing you to Christ and what he did at Calvary? That's ultimately it. It's not up for me to judge. You have to judge. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make the judgment. And it's righteous judgment, mm -hmm. Jesus taught. Yeah. So, the closer we are to the Lord means the, we are going to be found not just telling the truth, but warning against those things that are wrong. Mm -hmm. We can't just keep our mouths shut and pretend. We have to love people enough to tell them the truth. Amen. Amen. I'm glad somebody told me I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm glad somebody told me. That, that's not what the scripture... You're using the scriptures in the wrong context. I'm glad somebody made me mad. <laughs> but I had to stop and think when they did. And as I began to hear... Listen, as I began to hear the gospel... The Lord began to change my mind. Mm -hmm. He began to change my heart. See, the gospel is the power. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing else the power. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has used my life for me to show me that very truth. When I was 11 years old, I went and asked my mother, Mama, what I got to do to be saved? And, 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 and the story behind that in that is that my, my, my grandmother, my dad's mother, had been shot by another woman on purpose in a feud over where the boundaries were. And, you know, and that, as a five-year-old, that just kind of, you know, wow. And then a few years later, my granddaddy, her, her husband, my, my dad's dad, died. And, and I was, uh, you know, almost 11 or 11 and, or somewhere in there close to that when he died. And, man, uh, the Lord was dealing with me about death. You know, where'd they go? Yeah. You know, I, and I've been raised in church. I mean, I grew up in church. 
And so the Lord, I'd heard the stories and I'd heard the gospel. I mean, I heard people preach back then. Let me tell you something. Baptist church ain't always been like it is now. Is right. I sat in Baptist churches when mm -hmm. I was growing up. Man, they'd make you scratch the paint off the, right. off the pew in front of you. <laughs> I was sitting in a Baptist church one night and the preacher said, if you're saved, stand up. Well, that left everybody lost sitting there. <laughs> I'm telling you, they used to do stuff like that. But anyway, I, I was convicted over sin, and, and I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to die too, just like my grandma and my grandpa. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And I went and asked my mama at 11 years old, Mama, what, what do I have to do to be saved, to go to heaven? I, I don't want to go to hell. I, and she told me, Curtis, I'll never forget. I was sitting at the foot of her bed. She was in the little bathroom there getting ready. She just looked at me and said, Curtis, all you have to do to be saved is believe Jesus died for your sins. God sent his son for you. She didn't preach to me. She just told me. God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And if you believe that in your heart, you're going to be saved. I believed it, sitting right there, because I, I was desperate. I, I mean, you know, the fear of the Lord. I mean, when you're born again, there's a fear there. There's, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a hat that something's taking place. The Holy Spirit's moving on you. And I believed it, and I was saved. And then I got away from God. A, a few years later, I got away from God, went out in the world, and you wouldn't even know what I saved, and, and got away from God. And, and some folks try to say, well, you weren't really saved. And, well, <clears throat> I don't know about them. That may be their story, but I was saved because I knew when I got saved, I was changed, yeah. even at 11 years old. Yeah. But I went out in the world, and when, the, and, and when I was 33 years old, I was standing on my job in the middle of the day, about eight, nine, somewhere in that number, people right in my area working, spread out, doing different things, and an older gentleman behind me, he's just talking about a traveling preacher in his church come through Sunday morning and asked the people, do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? And the people said, amen. And then he said, the preacher asked him, do you believe he's coming back again? And the people said, Amen. And I'm over there, just long-haired earrings hanging out. And just, you know, but I'm hearing this. He's not talking to me. He's just talking back there. But it's the gospel in its purest form. He said, well, if you believe that, this preacher asked the people, if you, if you believe that, why are you living the way you're living? And man, that day, in the middle of the day on my job, man, I was pierced with, with conviction. But it was the gospel. It wasn't a deep theological study. It, 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 you know, it wasn't that when I got saved. It wasn't that, that that convicted me and got me back in the Word, back in church. But it'd be 10 years later. But I was 33. Then when I was 43, 10 years later, the Lord would quicken me again and show me I'm off track. I'm, I'm using His Word out of the, out of the right context. I'm, I'm not focused on the gospel. I'm focused on all these things, me and these creepers. And I was a creeper, have brought in the church. And, and, and I began to listen to the message of the cross. I began to listen to false doctrine come against on Francis and Friends, on Sun Life Radio, an old warehouse radio hanging on the wall, and a guy sharing with me the scriptures every morning in the context of Calvary. And I was like, well, I, I don't know about that because I was being trained in the scriptures to look at all these other things instead of Christ and Him crucified. But all three times there's been major moves, salvation, a repentance and coming back mm -hmm. to the Word. Mm -hmm. A repentance and coming back to the truth of God's Word. Mm -hmm. 
coming out of false ministry, all three of those instances was nothing more than the gospel being presented yeah. to me because yeah. the power is in the gospel. That's it. The marriages are, are breaking down. The kids are running rampant, uh, just going crazy at home. We're struggling on the, all these things. And we think the answer is just quoting somebody a Bible verse. Listen, the answer is the Word of God because it's the only thing that's right, but it's got to be in the context of truth before God will work in it. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. The truth of his word. Amen? Mm -hmm. So it's the gospel. Nothing else is going to help you from heaven. That's right. That's right. It's time we recognize right. these creepers. Yeah. We get up. We get out. Yeah. Because what's being presented, I used to do it. What's being presented is only causing God to oppose us. And to bring judgment against us. He's not going to curse us because we're his blessed people. Uh -huh. But he's going to oppose us. How do I know? Because anything other than faith in the cross is pride. And he opposes the proud. I don't care if we've been in ministry 60 years. That hasn't gained us anything with God. I don't care how many people we've seen saved. That, that's not gaining us anything with God. The only way we have any type of gain with God is through the knowledge of Christ. That's more it. knowledge. That's we're being it. guided into, we're being led into more truth. But only from faith to faith. And that, again, is only as the righteousness of God's truth is revealed in the gospel. It's just simple kindergarten form. I know that most people aren't going to like it. Most preachers are not going to accept it. But just like there's only a third of Israel that will be saved. There is a remnant in the church today right. that's, that's right. coming back to faith and grace yeah. that will count the cost yeah. and say, ain't nothing worth my relationship right. with Jesus. Ain't nothing worth me, me, me having anything that's right. keeping me from acknowledging the truth which is Christ and that's Him crucified. It. That's it. Amen. So, I want to show you something also concerning the warning this morning. And, and as I say it, the closer we mature and get closer to the Lord, uh, the more we're going to be found being used by the Lord. And it is, it, is, it is sharing that which is right, but it's also sharing that which is wrong. The Holy Spirit never points out what's wrong unless he points out what's right. And he's always going to use Scripture to do that. Holy Spirit's never going to push you down, push you out of the way and say, you're wrong, and just, I hope you get it right. No, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of something not right, he gives us that which is right. Amen? Mm -hmm. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, I know I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm not a theologian, I'm just a student of the Word, and I saw this last week or the week before last, and I want to, I want to share it with you today. Colossians 1.28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Notice what the Bible does not say. Whom we preach and warning every man. No, it says whom we preach, talking about Christ, the the the. the Previous yeah. scripture, mm -hmm. we preach Christ warning. Mm -hmm. Preaching without warning is not healthy preaching. Mm -hmm. Look, it doesn't say we preach and we warn. It says whom we preach warning. There's just a comma there. And, you know, then it says, 
and teaching. But the two things that are one and together is preaching warning. Mm -hmm. When we preach, the gospel is a warning. Mm -hmm. The gospel is a warning. Mm -hmm. But listen, let me say this this morning. I've heard T.D. Jakes, I've heard Creflo Dollar preach the gospel. I've heard them preach the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. But then they just put that in a file, in, in a folder, in a file, and then the rest of the year, they preach all this other psychology. They preach all this other false doctrine. They preach and teach all the, the, the scriptures outside of that context. Mm -hmm. See, the devil's smart. Mm -hmm. See, when we talk about preaching warning, we talk about preaching the gospel warning at all times. You got to understand, every promise God has ever given man comes with a warning. The very yeah. first words of God to Adam yeah. were a promise and a warning. Uh -huh. Adam, you are free to eat of all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat of that tree. Right, right, right. Because in the day you eat of that tree, mm -hmm. you shall surely die. Right. Promise. The promises of God always come with a warning. Yeah. You read about the churches. Uh, in, in, in Revelation, there was a promise there. If you'll overcome, you'll eat with me at the table. You'll be seated with me. You'll be a pillar. All these promises, but you have to repent and overcome to be a part of those. Mm -hmm. How do I repent and overcome? I come back to the cross, the only right. place of repentance. I come right. back to the way of the cross, the only way I can have a true right. relationship with Christ, the only way that I know and can be assured that I'm supping with Him. When He's knocking on the door mm -hmm. to get back in fellowship because He's outside knocking to get in, that's not to a lost world. That's to the church that was being written. He's wanting back in the fellowship. Are you okay today? Amen, I hope so. Amen. So Colossians 1.28 says, Whom we preach warning. Warning is a part of preaching. Warning is preachers who won't warn against false doctrine. They're not preaching healthy. That's right. Let me tell you something, That's folks. Right. That's right. The message of the cross mm -hmm. is forever message. Yes. The people who think we're just too radical, well, they thought the same thing about Jesus. They thought the same thing about John the Baptist. They thought the same thing about all the prophets. They thought the same thing, uh, listen, about Elijah. Mm -hmm. Just too radical. Mm -hmm. Just too radical. No, it's all about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Yes, that's, that's right. why when we preach, right. we're warning mm -hmm. every man. Listen, most people don't even recognize it. And they won't until they, until they come back to this faith, true biblical faith, which is the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. But even John 3.16 is a promise of eternal life, but a warning of eternal death. Mm -hmm. Every promise yeah. comes with warning. Mm -hmm. That's why when we preach, we don't warn every once in a while. No, when we preach, we're warning because the gospel, if it's being preached properly, the true gospel, the truth, the message of the cross, it stands against everything everybody else is believing. And here's the importance of it for the church. If I'm not preaching the cross and warning against that which is wrong, then the people are going to come and hear and they're, they're, they're just going to add the message of the cross to what they're already believing. There's going to be a mixture. That's what this whole book's about, a mixture. Creeping in among us, get, presenting things that are not godly, turning God's grace into something that's it's not. 
And if I, I preach in the cross, well, praise God. Preach in the gospel, praise God. But listen, if I don't warn against that which is false out of fear I may lose some folk, then they're just going to one day be more confused than they ever were. Because they think, well, those are the people who leave and say, well, the cross didn't work for me because nobody told them it's the only thing that can work in the eyes of God. They're still trying to confess the cross. And this, I, we had some folk in our church one time, and they actually moved here, packed up, and moved here, and uh, lived here for, I don't know, a year or two, maybe. I don't remember if it was that long, but uh, uh, listening to the message of the cross. And, and, and they weren't at church so one Sunday, so one day I went out and visited with them, and, and I walked in, and, and uh, I got word they were sick. That's, and I went to see them, and I walked in the house. and said, hey, what y'all up to today? They said, we're just sitting here confessing the cross. I said, what do you mean? Well, we're just, we're just declaring the cross, you know, just speaking the cross. And I, I said, well... Uh, you know, it's it's not about just speaking it. It's about believing it in your heart, trusting in that work of Christ there alone, not not that and my speaking it. It's okay to speak it, but see, what they'd done was they, they, they didn't like me coming against the word of faith stuff. They didn't like me coming against some things, and uh, that's why they didn't stay very long. And You know, because I had to tell them, you know, it's not in your declaration, it's, it's in your heart, your, what your heart is believing in. Are you trusting in what Christ did for you at Calvary? Are you, are you trusting in your speaking that, hoping your sickness goes away because you're speaking that? Mm -hmm. And see, there was a mixture there. Mm -hmm. It's okay to speak the truth. It's okay to speak to yourself the Word of God. Matter of fact, we should be doing it every day. But our, it, we're, it's so subtle we can be moved away from just simply trusting in what Christ did for me at Calvary. And now I think I can, God's going to move because I'm speaking something. Mm -hmm. And my faith is in I'm speaking something. Yeah. That's what the hyper-grace movement turned into. They say you don't have a sin nature. You don't need to repent when you're being convicted like it's the Holy Spirit. By the way, they say it's not the Holy Spirit. That's just the devil and the residue of, of, of what was left over after the fall. And it says all you need to do is what they teach. All you need to do is start confessing to yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Let me tell you something. Nobody's ever been saved by confessing anything. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever been delivered by confessing anything. That's right, that's right. Nobody, God has never moved because we confessed anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God's looking to see what the heart is trusting in. Mm -hmm. And whatever the heart's trusting in, that's what, mm -hmm. that's, that's what he deals with. Mm -hmm. Yes, we believe with the heart unto righteousness, which is the righteous work of Christ at Calvary. And then the mouth confesses unto salvation because salvation's already taken part declaring that I'm saved, declaring that I believe Christ died for me at Calvary is just an act. I'm speaking that now because out of the abundance of the heart, now my mouth is speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Amen. Amen. Y'all good this morning? Hallelujah. Hope so. If you're not, you need to be. Amen, Brother Curtis. Amen, hallelujah. Uh, if you live anywhere near Atlanta or Queen City, you need to be a part of these Bible studies if you're not doing anything on Friday morning. Bring your Bible, your cup of coffee, and sit in here with us for an hour. I promise you, the Lord will yeah. encourage you, edify you, yeah. and uh, you need to tune in. You need to have people tuned in. You need to share these. When this is over today, please hit the share button. But don't be ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. are those who are trying to help people see it more clearly today. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I like this in, in verse 15. When the Lord comes, he's going to execute. He's not going to be talking about judgment. He's going to be carrying judgment out. He, executing judgment. You know, there's a scripture. Let me see if I can find it. I think it's Psalm 916. It's very powerful. Add it to your notes. Psalm 916. Watch this now. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Think about that. Now let's read this again. And when we're reading this verse again, Psalms 9, 16, let's make sure we're thinking about what we're hearing today from the book of Jude. That the Lord is coming to execute judgment among the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, their ungodly ways, their ungodly speeches that are all against him. Look, he's coming to execute judgment, it says. He's not coming to set up a court. He, when he comes, he'll be executing judgment when he gets here. And what happens when he executes judgment? He's known. That's, that's why Jude says and writes that he's going to convince them of all their ungodliness being against him as he reveals he is the Lord of glory. He is the Lord of righteousness. Watch this again. Psalms 9 and verse 16. The Lord is known by his judgment, by the judgment which he executes. Now think about this for a minute. We know the Lord today by the judgment he executed concerning sin on his son, Christ Jesus, at Calvary for us. God judged sin in his son for yeah. us at Calvary. Uh -huh. oh, yes. And unlike the folks, Jesus and the church returns and, and Christ executing condemning judgment on them. And then becoming convinced of all their ungodliness mm -hmm. through our faith and our believing unto the righteous work of Christ at Calvary and, the, and God's judgment being poured out on Christ for our sin, you and I have become convinced that we're the children of God, that God loves us, that He sent His Son to save us, that we're in the kingdom of God. We, we're convinced, we're assured that we're the children of God now. We're convinced of many, many things. Mm -hmm. But we know Him through the judgment He executed mm -hmm concerning sin, our sin, uh, in his son at Calvary. Yeah. Because see, God's not known outside of the judgment he executes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's why whenever knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, he will be carrying out, executing judgment. And when the Lord executes judgment, wherever it's at, judgment against sin in his son Christ at Calvary, and through our faith, we recognize God's love us. We, God loves us. We accept that. But even in the condemning judgment one day, which there will be when God judges and casts unbelievers into hell, they will know him. They will know that they've sinned, that they've been ungodly, and they won't be blaming them. I've been ungodly. I have been, not just I did ungodly, but I am ungodly. I did not want God. I rebelled against God. And they won't be able to say nobody made me do it because the Bible says he's going to convince them of their ungodliness. It will be the most horrible feeling humanity could ever feel. Oh, my. 
Aren't you glad that you know the Lord today through the judgment He executed in Christ for your sin at Calvary? Glory to God. I'm not going to know Him as that other part of His judgment. That's good news. I can go to bed tonight, sleep, hallelujah, wake up shouting tomorrow because I've been convinced, hallelujah, that Jesus is my Savior, that my Heavenly Father loves me. I've been convinced. Glory to God. The Lord is known. Now let's read this, Psalm 9 and 16 again because it's very important that when you see a colon in Scripture, either the complete opposite is about to read be revealed to help you understand what was previously said on the other side of the colon, or it's something being more intensified and specific, which I believe that's always the case, even if it's opposite of what's been declared on the first side of the colon, but it helps us understand really both sides. So in verse 16 of Psalms 9, when he says, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executes, colon, look, the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. See, it confirms what I just said. We know the Lord through the work of Christ at Calvary, which was what? To lay down his life for our sins. But look, the wicked is trapped in the work of his own hands. The wicked is trapped in the work of his own hands. He doesn't know the Lord. He rebels. He doesn't want to know the Lord. He's trapped in the work of his own hands. The only way you can know God is through faith in his son that he sent to do the work for, for you. Jesus did the work, declared it was finished for us. And that's how we know the Lord. But listen, the wicked rebel against that. The wicked are snared. They're trapped in the work of their own hands. Titus 1.16 says, they these creepers, they profess they know God, but they deny them in their works, mm -hmm. in their own work. Oh, they tag it with God. Remember the church in Sardis. Jesus loves you enough. Jesus loves you enough to bring the warning. He loved me enough to, to, to put a, me working in an old dirty warehouse with a man that, that knew the scriptures in their proper context. He loved me enough to warn me. And that warning was, and that's what he's done every time he showed up in my life. Those three instances I shared earlier, the first one, he's warning me about going to hell, but I love you and I sent my son to save you. The second time, he said, Curtis, you're going the wrong way. You push me out. You're living for yourself. You don't want anything to do with me. You're trying to make a name for yourself in the world. You don't belong there. Your place is in Christ, in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he convicted me and changed me again with the gospel. Mm -hmm. Ten years later, he did what he did through the preaching of the gospel, the message of the cross, mm -hmm. and he brought me back to the place of now the word of God in its proper context. Mm -hmm. But it's always the gospel played a part in every move of God. Yeah. Because the gospel is the truth and God ain't, listen, if God ain't moving me in truth, it ain't God. That's right. If truth ain't moving me, it ain't God. Yeah. And the church in Sardis, Jesus said, you better get back to the place you can hear and receive. You've got a name that you're alive. You look like you really got it going on, but you're dead. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Think about it. That's, that's scary to me. That's why I've mentioned in the last 12 messages I've preached and taught 
It's scary to me that we can look like we've got it going on. Listen, Titus again in chapter 1 verse 16 says they profess they know God, but they're denying him in their works. If it's works without the Holy Spirit, Jesus showed up to warn the church of Sardis. But that's what he did. He warned them. Mm -hmm. See, the warning. I don't know, I wasn't there, but I'd be willing to say when that little six verse, little six lines was written to that church, probably if the pastor could, was convicted and repented and started saying we got to get back to the true faith, back, you know, back to the place we can hear and receive, probably most of the church, because they, man, they had a name for themselves that they were alive. They probably went across town, started them another name for themselves and looking a lie church. Mm. But see, if it's our works without the Holy Spirit, we're trapped. We're trapped by the work of our own hands and our profession, profess, profession that we know God, our confession that we know God. There is no witness there that we know God in His eyes unless it's the works of the Holy Spirit. I can be, listen, all who's rejecting the message of the cross today, and I mean the preaching of the cross being tied to the entirety of the Word of God. They don't know it, but they're denying the power. Oh, they're, oh, Holy Spirit, come, oh, Holy Spirit. And we need to be saying that. Nothing wrong with saying that, but he ain't going to do what you want him to do right. until he, he, you allow him to lead you back to the truth mm -hmm. so that you can go again now mm -hmm. back in the process from faith to faith in the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, let me mm -hmm. say it again this morning. It, it's, it's oh, the only way we can go from faith to faith is as the righteousness of God is being revealed in the gospel. Mm -hmm. But Proverbs 12, 17 says, when the truth's spoken, the righteousness of God is shown forth. Mm -hmm. So see, you can't separate the truth from the gospel. And all of God's word is truth. That means it all has to be in the gospel context, Christ and him crucified, before righteousness can be seen. If you're just preaching scripture, telling people what they need to do because the Bible says this, you're putting people in a mode of works and not teaching them how the Holy Spirit works and that he only works within the perimeters of a law. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That means my faith still has to be in what Christ Jesus did for me at Calvary. Even for the word to be able to be taught to me by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can only lead you and guide you into the truth that he's able to get you to believe. Mm -hmm. He don't drag you along, and he can't lead you in something you're not believing. And listen, until he gets 99.9% .9 of the church back to the truth, he can't lead them in the truth. And I know many get mad and, and they, well, you're the only one preaching. You think, oh, you're all. No. This is how messed up the church. What do you think they thought about Elijah? What, how far off track was Israel when Jesus showed up? The church is messed up. It's sick. Yeah. Very sick. And when you hear when you hear teachings like this, if you just throw it out there across the railroad, well, that's all them. No, more than likely, unless you're in one of these churches that God is raising up, declaring the message of the cross. All I'm going to say is, you better examine yourself, and you better examine who you're sitting under. Mm -hmm. Amen, brother Curtis. Mm -hmm. The Lord is known by the judgment he executes. Mm -hmm. oh. That's powerful, isn't it? Amen. 
Amen. Then there's a colon there in Psalm 916. Mm -hmm. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Mm -hmm. See, right. the, the message of the cross is in the first half of Psalm 916 mm -hmm. because we know God through the cross of Christ. That's right. Colon, the mm -hmm. wicked are trapped mm -hmm. by the work of their own hand. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, listen, yeah. Yeah. the church mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is not wicked, mm -hmm. but we can act wicked. We're not we're not fools. The Bible says Psalms fifty three one that the fool says in his heart there's no God there, there's no God. Mm -hmm. But in Ephesians five fifteen the Bible tells us not to walk as fools. Mm -hmm. That means we can live our lives as if there's no God. And in God's eyes we're doing that if our faith is not in the cross alone. Right. Let me say this in closing because right. I know ministers listen to these teachings. You cannot just assume your people's faith is in the cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Assumption right. will kill. And you and I as ministers of this gospel are going to be judged twice as severely. Mm -hmm. With what we did, with what we were given. We're in a reformation right now. The door got cracked open 22 years ago or so. And it's only going to open wider as the remnant trusts God in this truth. The truth of Christ and Him crucified. We love you. That's why we preach warning and teach. That's why we preach warning and teach. So that all who hear can be presented to Christ as a chaste virgin. Perfect. Without flaw. And I know Christians are caught up, well, I'm already that. In your position, you are. Mm -hmm. But your condition, right. God's looking at it. He wants you in this sanctifying process of the truth and the Holy Spirit who's able to guide you into all truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a fabulous lesson yes, today. Amen. I hope you've been blessed. I know if you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, you have been blessed. Tune in with us next Friday morning right here at 9 a.m. for our session 15 next week. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then. Amen. Amen, amen. Brother Curtis, uh...